Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to The Fumble with me, Vernon Kay, and him, Darren Fletcher. Now, he's in Liverpool because he's commentating on the Champions League. And I am actually sat in a cubicle at Heathrow Airport waiting to get on a flight to Saudi Arabia, believe it or not, because it's the start of the Formula E season. So we're going to visit Saudi Arabia first, then second race is in Marrakesh, then we go Hong Kong, then we go South America, then Europe, and then we finish the season in North America. It's really exciting, brand new car, brand new technology. I think uh, this is the future of motor racing. But let's get back to the NFL. What a weekend. What a weekend. The Bears beat the Rams. Unbelievable. Fantastic defense. And the Dolphins beat God. They beat Tom Brady and Bill Bilicek at Miami with seven seconds to go. The Dolphins pull it out of nowhere. Now, an awesome, awesome, awesome weekend of football. Lots to talk about. But firstly, Darren, I can see both of them now making a genuine run for the playoffs. How about you? Well, I've got to be honest, Vern. For a start, this is the, the strangest way that I've ever done a podcast with you. Can't see you, can't talk to you. By the miracles of modern science and the brains of Simon Cross, we are putting together a podcast that people can actually listen to. So, well done, Crossy. Um, okay, look, I've got a couple of outsiders here, and I don't think it's going to surprise anybody. I'm going to go for the Chicago Bears on the back of what you've said, so impressive against the Rams. And I'm going to go for the Dallas Cowboys as well. Now, there's an old adage in the NFL that we all know that defense wins championships. Defense does win championships, but it's a certain type of defense that wins a championship. It's a defense that can get takeaways. If you think about the Legion of Boom, you think about that great Seattle Seahawks defense, it took the ball off the opposition. If you think about the Denver team that won the Super Bowl under Peyton Manning, Von Miller, etc., DeMarcus Ware. It took the ball off the opposition. You look at the Chicago Bears, you look at the Dallas Cowboys, they're very active up front. They rush the passer very well. In slightly different ways, the Cowboys tend to rotate four outside linebackers, lots and lots of speed. The Bears rely on Leonard Floyd on one side, Khalil Mack on the other, and a really good press up the middle from Akeem Hicks. They're both really good at taking the ball away from the quarterback if they lack accuracy. And a significant thing when you get to the playoffs, you want to play at home. You want to get some momentum. You want to have an opportunity to grow into the tournament. 
The Bears should win the North. The Cowboys should win the East. And if that's the case, they will both host a playoff game. That means they should both win a playoff game. And going into the second playoff game, they'll have some kind of momentum. I also think they've got offences that won't do them too much damage. I think Trubisky was a little bit rusty against the Rams. Um, but I think they can run the ball effectively through Tarek Cohen and uh, Jordan Howard. From the Dallas side of things, they've got Zeke Elliott. They've got Amari Cooper. He's made Dak Prescott better. So I think on the offensive side, they're OK. On the defensive side, they're elite. And I think if you've got an elite defence at this stage of the season, going into the playoffs, and you can take the ball away, you've got the chance to be a very dangerous opponent. The two favourites in the NFC, the Saints, lost to the Cowboys, the Rams, lost to the Bears. Defence can, can win when it matters. And I think both of these two, if they can kick on, can really pose a Super Bowl threat this year. It's interesting what you said about the Cowboys there, Darren, because remember, you said that Dak Prescott is not that good. You don't believe he is accurate enough to be one of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL. But no surprise to see the Saints, Rams and Chiefs struggling, really. It, oh, it blew my mind. It really did. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, we saw some cracks there. The fact that he couldn't read the Rams' defense. I thought that was very, very well designed by the defensive coordinator of the Ravens. And Saints struggled as well. Maybe that was because of the weather, not too sure. And then the Rams, well, we've talked about that. That was just unbelievable. Now, those are all the teams that we know will make the playoffs, but one that won't is the Raiders. Fletch, you went to see them in Auckland a few weeks ago. You said uh, they'd not win four games this season, but they've won three now, so getting dangerously close to your prediction. What do you reckon? They are. And, I, and, I, and I, I said this before they traded away everybody. I, I just didn't like the look of the Raiders this year because I thought it was going to be a year of transition from the broadcast booth to the sideline for John Gruden. Um, I didn't realise it was going to be a season of transition and a period of transition from one roster to another. What I would say, though, and you made the point that I went to see them this year, what they have done in all games is they've played and they played hard and they played for the coach and they've bought into what he wants to do, despite the fact they're limited in terms of, um, of the personnel they've got. They've traded away Khalil Mack, traded away Amari Cooper. They tried to trade one or two more. But I'm just kind of looking at it now, mate. And there might be a bit of a method to the Raider madness. And that is that they've managed to accumulate a tremendous amount of draft picks. And draft picks are the most valuable currency in the NFL. They've got the oldest roster in the entire league. But that roster is about to get significantly younger. Got some numbers later, but these are numbers for, for this answer. They've got 10 picks in the 2019 draft, including three first-rounders. They've got nine picks in the 2020 draft, including two first-rounders. So they're basically going to pick five of the 64 best college players in the next two years. Now, if they get the majority of those right, that's potentially five game-changers onto the Raider roster. And they can pad that out with a significant number of second-rounders and third-rounders where there's genuine quality. And they can make this roster very, very good in the space of a couple of drafts, provided they get it right. They've got rid of the, the general manager, Reggie McKenzie, this week because I think that the undercurrent is they didn't feel that he got enough back for Khalil Mack, that maybe there were better offers on the table, potentially higher draft picks had they gone with San Francisco over Chicago. So that didn't reflect very well on him. But I think if Gruden now with the help of whoever comes in in the GM role, whether it's Bruce Allen or anybody else, if he can come in and use those picks wisely, they can go from an old, stale, losing team 
to a young, fresh, vibrant roster with game changes. Very similar to what we're seeing at the minute from the Cleveland Browns. It might well work for the Raiders. They've decided to go down this way. It looked bonkers when they started getting rid of the likes of Amari Cooper and Khalil Mack. It might just pay dividends for them. Raider Nation's got to be patient, but they might, might. It's a big might, mate. They might just be onto something here. Yeah, that's incredible. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. But I, I think, you know, they've got a head coach in Gruden who's been there. He's done it before. The fact that he got rid of Khalil Mack, the fact that he's basically cleaning the slate, I think it goes to show that he has said to uh, the Davis family, listen, give me five years, and when we get to Vegas, I will make sure that you win a Super Bowl in that stadium. It's got to be the deal. Now, I suppose that uh, Amari Cooper pick gets worse and worse, the better the Cowboys do. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. But still, as you said, the Raiders will get five of the best 64 college players in the next two years. It's unbelievable. That's an amazing number, Fletch. And, like I said, yeah. Gruden has got a lot to build on. Uh and I'm sure you've got some more. I have. I've not got too many this week, but I've got ones that I think, are, well, a couple that are quite significant. And one little fact that I think everybody will quite like. The first one, and it kind of goes back to two of the teams we've been talking about already, the Cowboys and the Raiders. There was the big trade mid-season just before the deadline, Amari Cooper to Dallas for a first-round pick. We wondered what kind of impact he would have on the Dallas Cowboys and on Dak Prescott. Well, I can tell you that since he's gone to Dallas, he has the most receiving yards in the whole of the NFL. 642 yards as a Dallas Cowboy for Amari Cooper. He's gone from being an underachieving player in, in Oakland to a top wide receiver, the wide receiver he should be in the Dallas offense. 642 yards for Cooper, the most in the league since signing with the Cowboys. What about this one? You've got a man crush on Tom Brady, greatest of all time in your opinion. They are fantastic in Massachusetts, but they're not very good when they go to the state of Florida. The rest of us, Vern, are different. The minute we get to the state of Florida, we start to party. We go to the, the, the theme parks. We eat too many burgers. We have a great time with the family. When the Patriots get their red flags, since the start of the 2013 season, the New England Patriots are 46-5 and five in good old Massachusetts. And after that loss, heartbreaking loss to... The Miami Dolphins last weekend, they are two and six in the state of Florida during that time. And just on the play that I thought, I know that you thought was absolutely fantastic, Kenyon Drake um, eventually taking the ball over the goal line after two laterals and Rob Gronkowski slipping over. That is officially, since the AFL-NFL merger, the longest final play of a game to win a game. So they needed all the, all the marbles at the end. That's the longest play you've ever seen to win a match in the final uh, play of regulation. And I love this one. To finish, it's not a number this week. The number's involved, but it's more of a, a fact. And I thought it was great. It must be great for the family. So on Thursday night last week, we saw Derek Henry go 99 yards for the Tennessee Titans against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And Joe Buck was on the play-by-play -play call for Fox and the NFL Network. Back in 1983, Tony Dorsett set the then NFL record of a 99-yard touchdown. The Dallas Cowboys on Monday Night Football against the Minnesota Vikings. Derrick Henry tied it with a 99-yarder against Jacksonville. Joe Buck made the call on Thursday. And back in 1983, his dad, Jack Buck, made the call for Tony Dorsett's 99-yard run. Thought that was fantastic. Wow. All right. Unbelievable. You've yes. got to love those, haven't you? Got to love them today. Yeah. The Dolphins yeah. and that player. 
it was unbelievable. Tannehill and the team pulling it out the bag. But who the hell? I mean, all right, Bill Belichick, one of the best, one of the greats of all time. Yeah. When it comes to the NFL and the Super Bowl era. However, who in their right mind puts Rob Gronkowski at free safety? Now, it's been several years that I've played American football. I played free safety. However, I know for a fact, given one play on that field, if you put me in instead of Rob Gronkowski, I would have made that tackle. I swear to goodness, I promise you, it was disgraceful. And it's comforting though, isn't it? Uh, for chaps of our generation to see the Dolphins doing so well because we grew up watching, you know, Dan Marino and everyone had that Dan Marino shirt, uh, the greatest of all time. But who are the greatest ever? Well, I, see, I think this is dead straightforward, Vern, and I'm going to take you back to my first season watching the NFL, which was 1985. And the only team that I'd ever heard of when I started watching the NFL were the Washington Redskins because they'd been involved in, in a couple of Super Bowls and I'd heard of Joe Theismann and John Riggins. So I was trying to work out who my team was going to be. Um, and I was kind of thinking, well, it, it'll probably be the Redskins because I know who they are. And then all of a sudden, Chicago Bears in 85 burst onto the scene. Jim McMahon, Walter Payton, Mike Ditka, cast of characters. Unbelievable. Went on to just dominate teams all the way through. 15-1 and one regular season record. Two shutouts on their way to the Super Bowl against the New York Giants and the Los Angeles Rams, as they were then, before they came, became St. Louis and everybody else, and eventually uh, Los Angeles again. I remember Mike Singletary knocking Eric Dickerson into the middle of next week. Um, I remember that the interception at the end in the snow and everybody going wild. I think that's the greatest team of all time. 11 all-pros on the roster that year. Five of the, the, the people involved that year went into the Hall of Fame, including the head coach, Mike Ditka. They were ferocious. They were colourful. They were noisy. They were brash. They backed it up, the Super Bowl shuffle. They won the Super Bowl by 36 points in the Superdome against New Orleans. And I'd never seen the Super Bowl before. They were the team that first caught my eye. And I've got to be honest with you, from 1985 to today, I've never seen a better NFL team than the 85 Bears. I think a lot of people in the US would agree with me. Can't really talk about the Steel Curtain, the Pittsburgh team, because I didn't see it in the flesh. The 49ers were great. But the 49ers weren't as ferocious as the Bears. That was proper big boys, jockstrap football. Love them then, love them now. Best team in the history of the NFL. And if you disagree with me, at the fumble, but you better bring some decent stats, numbers and passion to back it up, people. Yes, at the fumble, if you agree or disagree. You've got to, you've got to put in the Bears in there. I think the Bears made a massive statement, mid-80s. That's why everyone... Uh, it seems of my age, Darren's a little bit older, but of my age, uh, everyone's a Chicago Bears fan. It's got to be unbelievable. Super Bowl Twenty was iconic. And I'm still looking, Darren, I'm still looking for one of those uh, tank tops that uh, Big Mike wore on the sidelines. Because I think if, if we're going to go to the Super Bowl and we go and see Mike Ditka... If he's healthy, I want to go in one of those tank tops. He must be so bored of it now because everyone does it, but it's very, very funny. All right, thanks, Fletch. That's a wrap. Uh, is there, There's nothing else, really? Nothing else to cover away, I don't think? Nothing? Yeah, let, nothing let me just stop you there, I big think, fella. Uh, nothing because happened last weekend apart from the games that we talked about, so let's, uh, let's move you on. You normally like to delve in at the top of the podcast, and I've not even tried to interrupt you this week, A, because I can't, but B, because I wouldn't have wanted to anyway. We always talk about the fantasy football. And I know that this week is a a week for you where you've got kind of a friendly to play because it didn't go well for you last week. Um, I'm just actually getting the scores up now just so I can give everybody... I don't want to talk about fantasy football. 
the uh, garbage. Anyway, moving on. The proper story of, of how this all unfolded for you last week. So you were up against a team called Jossie's Giants, our very good friend Mike Holt, and he beat you 94.1 to 83. The only players that really performed for you, Aaron Rodgers and Zeke Elliott. You had one or two stinkers, 1.9 points from Adrian Peterson. I can't think for a minute what, what clown told you to play him. So you lost, so you went out. So this week, because I got me by, I've got to play Holty in round two of the playoffs. So I am now carrying the can and carrying the hopes and dreams of every fumbleite out there. Kamara Chameleon against Jossie's Giants. I'm going this week with Andrew Luck at quarterback, Derek Henry and Chris Carson at running back, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, Tyreek Hill at wide receiver, the Gronk at tight end, the Jacksonville defense, and Will Lutz, the kicker. I'm up against Russell Wilson, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, Devontae Adams, uh, D. Moore from Carolina, can't remember his first name, Cameron Bray to Tampa Bay, Kerryon Johnson from Detroit, the Seahawks D, Stephen Goskowski. I'm supposed to win by less than three. He's supposed to get 102.7. I'm supposed to get 105.5. I think the favourite in the group now is Big Tim, Kung Su Panda. He's got half a chance. But I'm going to be in the final, my friend. Mike Holt's trousers are going to be slid down carefully, gently, and then very aggressively towards the end of this fantasy matchup on Sunday. I'm going to go through. I'm there for you, mate. You can cheer me on. Fancy semi-finals. Here we go. Kamara Chameleon all the way. Over and out. As I said, nothing to talk about. Uh, thanks, Darren. Really appreciate it. This has been a Shooting Shark production. <laughs> Download, rate, review, and it is up on Twitter at The Fumble. It's been a short one this week for obvious reasons. Uh, I'm off to Saudi Arabia. Darren is probably just going to walk his dog and contemplate the playoffs in his fantasy football team. I used to be able to do that once. Never mind. See you, Darren. More Fumble next week.